Well, good morning. Welcome back to the broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN AM for Thursday, September 22nd, 2022. And our top story today, weak enrollment pressures U.S. higher education. Well, joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Emily Wadwani is with Fitch Ratings. Emily, so great to see you. Thanks for joining us this morning. My pleasure. Really great to be here. And we're going to be talking about higher education enrollment. You and the Fitch team uh, just released a report on, I guess, measuring that enrollment. Let me, just, let me just start off with a very broad and general question. How is higher ed enrollment doing vis-a-vis year over year in, this, in the United States, I should say? Sure, yeah. We, we, uh, we cover a lot of institutions in the U.S. And, and what, we're, what we've seen really is that we haven't yet had any meaningful recovery, um, real recovery in enrollment since the outset of the pandemic. Um, we've got spring 2022 data in the bag, um, and we've had five straight semesters of declining enrollment. So that's sort of sort of where we sit today. Um, most of that pain has been at the undergraduate level, which is now almost 10% smaller than it was prior to the pandemic. So that's a big drop. Um, what's really, really been uh, the big driver in undergraduate enrollment has, has been community college enrollment. Um, and that has been the most, uh, the most hard hit by the pandemic. Um, as you might imagine. The, there, there, there is a, a, a nice story there, though. Um, graduate enrollment's been a bit steadier, um, and that's, um, that's up about 5% uh, since, since the outset of the pandemic. And so really what we're seeing is, is still, still pressured. Um, we, we, we do expect this fall will look better, however. Let, let's break that down a little bit. I want to just um, kind of look at the data a little bit. And these are just uh, general questions. Um, do you think that, you know, based on the data, is it really just financial pressures that Americans are feeling? Um, high inflation. I don't have to tell you. We all high gas prices, food prices, supply chain. Is that the sure. uh, what's really underlying uh, the lack, the the lower enrollment, or is it a lack of valuing the higher education, or just concern? I, you know, I, I just want to get your insight on this. On this. Yeah, I would say that that has evolved since the outset of the pandemic. Um, early in the pandemic, the, really the concern was the health and safety of your immediate family and, and, and yourself. Um, and, and that coupled with the, the shift to fully online remote sort of delivery, a lot of students began to question, you know, is, is this right for me? If we're not sure if we're going to be on campus in person in fall, am I going to do well? Am I going to have a, a good experience, good outcomes? Um, and, and is it worth the, the health risk, really? And so that's what we sort of started with in, say, fall of 2020 after we've lived with this for, for you know, upwards of nine months, six to nine months at that point. As we've, as we've progressed and, and sort of the, the immediate health risk, I think, has waned a bit and, and colleges have gotten back to delivering in person and on campus and um, you, you sort of get back to that pre-pandemic campus experience. Then the question became more financial, a financial one. Um, are we in the same financial position? Um, you know, what's our college savings account look like? Um, and, and of course, that is, is, has been layered on with a really favorable um, labor market for, for employees, perhaps less so for employers. Um, and once you, once you spread that icing of inflation, um, some of the decision making um, has, has been to defer, delay, uh, shift to part-time. And, and so all of those decisions have, have evolved a bit during the pandemic. But right now, it's really inflationary and labor pressures that, that um, the labor market that we think are the two, are two big drivers. Emily, last question for this segment before we go to a 
commercial break, and that is, are there specific types of schools that are impacted? I think you did mention community colleges, but um, for example, the the elite, quote unquote, elite schools. I'm going to do that in double quotes, air quotes. Uh, are there certain school types that are affected or inflicted with lower enrollment than others? Yes, we've certainly seen that this has had an uneven impact on schools, depending on the type of school. As I said, you noted community colleges have been hit worse. They tend to serve a um, lower income student, uh, someone who's working part time, someone who may be a non-traditional student, a little older, perhaps with a family. Um, and so it makes sense that that, that, that segment of the, of the uh, enrollment population has been hit hardest. Beyond that, looking at the four-year college uh, space, who's been the most hit really has been um, the less less selective, uh, those that um, uh, have, have a, a sort of a thinner financial and, and competitive profile than some of their peers. Obviously, the schools that have the wait lists and, you know, take 10% of their students, um, they've, they've fared remarkably well through the pandemic and, and certainly into this fall. Um, the schools that have faced the most pressure tend to be a little smaller, a little less competitive, um, and unfortunately, uh, oftentimes have, have a thinner financial cushion to withstand any drop in enrollment. Of course, one student to a school with 100 students means a lot more than one student to a school with 10,000 students. And so those, those schools have certainly felt uh, an outsized impact from any decline in enrollment. Well, Emily, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about enrollment and what to expect coming up this fall. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Are you stuck with a low credit score? A credit report and score that's causing you to be denied credit or pay higher interest rates than others for the same things? Then do what Terrence did and called Credit Repair for your free credit evaluation to help restore your credit. I started thinking about buying a new house 
and my score wasn't where I needed it to be. I called and spoke with one of the representatives and we just had a good conversation and I, I liked what he was saying. Just one call for his free credit evaluation was all it took to start back on the track to repairing his credit. I'm seeing the deletions and I'm getting the report so I know something's being done. It does make a difference to me. All it takes is one call to get started. Credit repair has given me a second chance to have a better credit score. Don't let a low credit score hold you back another day. Do what Terrence did and make the call for your free credit evaluation. Call 800-819-4152. That's 800-819-4152. Again, 800-819-4152. Welcome back. I'm joined this morning by Emily Wadhawani of Fitch Ratings. Emily, thanks so much for staying with us this morning. Absolutely. My pleasure. Happy to be here. And yeah, it's great. Great to talk to you. And this is, a, by the way, this is a perfect segment. We, we did a show earlier in the week on loan forgiveness. And look, what, what a way to follow up um, with enrollment and what, that, what the pressures are around that. Emily, uh, Fitch, obviously a big, important rating agency. What does this mean from a financial perspective when an organization like Fitch is looking at a higher education institution. You're seeing enrollment numbers go maybe not where they should be. You're seeing markets kind of maybe a little disconcerting for many of us. And who knows what their endowments are doing? Yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it's a bit of a Wild West environment out there right now. Um, we, we did see a really strong endowment year, right, in 2021, and now we're, we're a, a, little bit, uh, a little bit thinner, shall we say, in, in, in 2022 in terms of investment performance. Um, what, what has really anchored our ratings um, through the, both the pandemic and, and certainly through a, a pretty challenging um, market and labor market and inflationary environment has has been um, you know sort of the key tenants of of the sector, which are you know a, a widespread appreciation and 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 understanding that we need a well educated workforce. Um, that fundamental still exists. Um, there there is broad public support, both financial and and via policy. As you noted, we we have uh, um, one of Biden's platform. Um, you know when he when he ran one of one key item on his platform was loan forgiveness, and we, we have that. Um, and so while, while we did see uh, a remarkable number of, of outlook revisions to negative, certainly in, in, certainly in fiscal, in, in calendar 20, um, when the pandemic hit and there was a lot of uncertainty, and this was, of course, prior to any federal stimulus dollars being, being distributed, um, we didn't actually see widespread rating, rating downgrades. Um, we, did, we did, I think, have a heightened level of concern there, but, but what has persisted through the pandemic and, of course, you know, um, 70 odd billion dollars in federal stimulus went a long way to help um, this argument. But the sector has reserved pretty high capacity for resilience and, and operating flexibility through a really uncertain and challenging time. Um, and, and of over, call it 150 rating actions this year, we've had less than 10 rating changes. Um, and so this really is a very stable, broadly, very stable sector in terms of ratings. Emily, I want to ask about, before we get into the, I don't, and I'm not going to put you on the spot with the crystal ball, but I want to look towards maybe things that you're looking for this fall. But let's talk about international, because international students form a very big part of a lot of these campuses enrollments, a lot of these schools enrollments. Obviously, that was impacted by the pandemic because no one could go from one country to another. I guess maybe you could, you could take online classes, but a lot of international students come here to the States. 
They do. They absolutely do. And, and that has been a, a, a challenged um, segment of our enrollment for even pre-existing the pandemic. That, that was, a, that was a, a student population that was already sort of pressured and under the prior administration and, um, you know, visa and, and uh, enrollment numbers had fallen pretty much consistently year over year, um, starting in, say, 2000, call it 2015 or so. Um, through fall of 21, at least, we've, we had seen sort of six years, really, of, of declines. Um, bright spot, this is actually a bright spot. Um, we can say with some moderate confidence that we do expect international enrollment will, will uptick this fall, this current um, fall of 22. We, we know visa application and, and um, uh, school application data indicates that, that those numbers were up year over year. Um, and some schools, early days, we won't see final fall enrollment numbers until, say, mid-October. But um, early reports of 10 to 20 percent increases in, in, in incoming international students. And so that's actually a bright spot. It is a bright spot, Emily. And, and going into this fall, and here we are, I think schools in a lot of places have started both K-12 and college. Uh, what are you and the, and the Fitch team looking for as uh, numbers start to come in about enrollment? Are you, is the expectation, again, I don't want to put you on the spot, but is the expectation that we're, we're back up a little bit higher than we were, say, 2021 and 2020 at, at the height of the pandemic? We certainly anticipate um, not a full recovery, but some recovery this fall. Um, what, what has been another bright spot is just incoming freshmen. Um, that the, the first year, first time freshman class this year is larger than it than it was the, the two preceding preceding years, and that of course is a sign that for the most part, um, you know the, the, that that anchor, that core traditional student anchor of demand, incoming freshmen, um, perhaps the worst is behind us at this point. We don't expect it will make up the loss of two years of, of pandemic related declines. Um, but that coupled with a, a better picture on the on the international student side and pretty steady graduate enrollment throughout um, will will uh, have a positive impact on, on universities and colleges this fall. So back to school, yeah. almost back to normal. Yeah, well, it seems like people, many people value the higher education. That's important to know. And we're going to look forward to future reports from Fitch Ratings. Emily, great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Look forward to it, Jeff. Thank you. That wraps up this episode of BRN AM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more in all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, we'll visit our website and, of course, all of our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRN AM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, Roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.